Welcome to a new episode of the LaVarsity Ball Show. As you know, I'm your host, LaVarsity, and I have special guests on this today's episode. As you guys know, in season two, last year I was only doing, you know, uh, episodes alone, but this year, but this year I, I have guests. You know, I had one of my good friends on the show like a few weeks ago, and this year, um, or this time, I have two guests that I don't want to, you know, share their personal information, so we're all going to be using aliases for this episode. As you know, I'm LaVarsity, and we're going to have Bill Slam Beers and Jack Pot on the show today. Thanks for having us, LaVarsity. Thanks for being guest on the show. I'm actually honored to have you guys. I wish, you know, I could <laughs> share with the people who you really are, but obviously they know that you're Knicks fans if you're going to be, you know, guests on the show. So I want to just get right into it. Uh, you're a Knicks fan. How long have you been a Knicks fan? When, when did this start for you? Oh, man, I, I think I go back to uh, late 80s, early 90s. But really that, that 93, that Knicks-Bulls rivalry, uh, 94, the heartbreaking loss. I remember watching uh, kind of like back and forth with the TV during Game 6, I believe, of the 94 championship, the OJ chase. And, okay. uh, you know, Stark's, uh, what, 2 for 17? Uh-huh. Um, I, it's It's been gut-wrenching, but th- those teams were amazing. Those were the teams that, that, that made Knicks fans proud. Th- those were New Yorkers. Those were New York's finest, New York's, you know, the, the brave guys, the tough guys that go out there. They're, they're going to beat the hell out of you. For 48 minutes, they're not gonna—they're gonna knock you down. They're not gonna help you up, and uh, it was—that's th- what makes this team exciting now. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you could like you know have somebody like you on the show because I was born in the 90s. I was born in 91, so I'm fairly young, and I became a Knicks fan. I would say in around 98, 99. Um, I just, I just. Oh man, be- you 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 caught that that fairy tale run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and at that time, you know, I still didn't even really know exactly what was going on, but you know, I would watch the games, you know, and I remember Latrell Sprewell catching fast breaks. I remember that being my first uh, favorite Nick. I would say that guy is ageless too. I still think he could go like like Probably twelve right and now. five a game. <laughs> He's uh, flying down the court with the with the cornrows going, the dunk, and that mean look as he goes down the court. If we could have a Latrell Sprewell right now on this team, I, I would love it. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to ask a few questions, right? So you said that you became a fan around this time. So would you say that was the best time, like to be a Knicks fan around that time? That was probably a, your favorite time to be a Knicks fan. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. You know, Jordan, you know, rips uh, rips our guts out mm-hmm. every other year. But you got some sweet revenge, and then you know, '94 you came so close, and the teams after that. Then you got that new rivalry. You got the you got the LJ Alonzo rivalry. Then you, you know you got the. Um, you got the Pacers, you know, mm-hmm. we the Reggie Miller. You know he was, you know, the the 
I remember the evil the one. Miller. I remember Reggie Miller. I feel like right now we have a Reggie Miller in the NBA for the Knicks, which is Trey Young, unfortunately. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working his way up there. He likes that villain. That villain. Uh, that villain role. He well. plays it well. He plays it well. So I know you have a best moment. I wanted to ask you. I wanted to t- uh, tail off that. What would you consider is your worst? Because you know, Knicks fans, we have a lot of, you know, bad memories as Knicks fans. Um, so give me your worst. Worst memories probably has to be. Uh, I mean, you can go like the Frederick Weiss draft pick. You could go mm. probably ten years of of awful Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, everything. Oh Every yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. can go so far back. But the funny thing about New York is that after the you know ten terrible years, you still love this team. It, it's crazy. It's like a it's like a it's like a drug. It brings you back. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing finger roll. That was the worst. I was, <laughs> what tenth grade or something like that? I think I was. I was at a basketball tournament. I think we won, probably did. We always won. And I come back and watching the game. And like, dude, you seven foot tall, dunk, dunk the it. damn ball. <laughs> Charles Smith, dunk the damn ball. So I would say between Ewing's finger roll and Charles Smith, four attempts at six foot eleven underneath the basket and tries to lay it up. You know, it's funny about that story, right? Again, I was probably too young to really remember it vividly, but I remember being in the ninth grade and my Spanish teacher he was always a Knicks fan. He would tell me that's how we became really close because he was a Knicks fan and I was a Knicks fan. And he told me that I stopped being a Knicks fan the day Patrick Ewing missed that layup. I mean, he had what? It was a bad Achilles or something he had, right? Or it was like a bad calf or I, something? I, honestly, I don't know the details. Well, yeah, he would have dunked it any other time of the year, any other year period. That's a dunk. That's a W. The guy was playing on one leg. Cut the guy some slack. It's like a, it's like when you know, people boot him out of here when he was done. The guy's a, the, the all-time greatest Nick. You know, it, it, give the guy a little bit of a break. He was showboating. I think he was showboating. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to look pretty out there. I mean, listen, he could have dunked the ball. Look at look, Watch the replay. Watch where his hand was. Like that. Turn that ball around. Boom. Dunk it. He, you know, he that was for the ladies. So if right he there. makes that, that, if he makes that dunk, what happens next? So let me let me take it back to that. So that was against the Pacers, and then that year was that the Rockets back to back? Was was that ninety five or ninety six? All right. I think that I think that was ninety six. I also think that my I don't know game seven or that was game six, but that that lost we lost that. Yeah, that was it. That was it. The season was over on that miss. But I actually do think that one was tough because it was wide open. The other one was was definitely Charles Smith. I remember seeing that live and be like, he's getting fouled, he's getting fouled. And every time I see the replay, I still want to hope that he got fouled. Uh-huh. Turns out he never got fouled. I thought he got fouled, but he's, the guy's still softer than baby shit. I mean, it's like. He, you, you still have to dunk. He's six foot eleven, man. Uh-huh. Like, come on. All right, guys. I want to. I want to move into some some tougher questions because obviously we love. We all love Knicks. We could talk about Knicks forever. And our favorite plays. We have our worst plays. So I want to put our, I guess our favorite Knicks in each position of all time. If you could put a top five lineup, choosing your favorite Knicks. All right, I got you. But first, <laughs> first off, I gotta cut off like anything. Because I was born in 1980, so I got to kind of go from, like, 85, 86 and up. You're so gonna, I, can't, you're, I can't, bet you're going to mention people that I don't even know. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't even go, like, the Walt Clyde Frazier's, you know, and, and, and that that whole team, that you know, the last time that they actually won a championship. Because I never really saw those guys play besides, like, mm-hmm. you know, highlights and stuff like that. But um, my, uh, my dad was a student at Iona College during the, those Nick runs. Mm-hmm. 
And he said every college bar for every Nick game was packed. People going crazy. So the fandom has been there since. I feel you know, like it's never whatever. left. It's yeah, been 67, whatever that was, the early 70s. When my dad uh, was a student at Iona College. But I'm going to say, all right, first off, my favorite Nick of all time is Charles Oakley. Okay. All right. So he, he's, he's, in the, uh, he's in the four slot, you know. Okay, Fuck, Dolan. Like Fuck Dolan. Fuck Dolan. I was going to ask you, you know, how did you feel me. about that yeah. situation? Oh, yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. That's why, you know, you needed guys like, you know, come in and, you know, change change the the, this, the nature of the team and get the spotlight off of Dolan so people would still come here. Yeah. I mean, it was pathetic. Um, at center is a toss-up between Ewing and uh, Dr. Crash, Chris Dudley. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Now wait, I think I think the three spot. Do you go with with Spree? Well, actually, no, I want to go point guard here. I think one of the most underrated Nick point guards of all time, uh-huh. Derek Harper. Yeah, oh, well, because okay. his best years were with Dallas. But that guy could ball, man. That guy could absolutely ball. Um, who's my point guard though? Hmm. You know what? You know who took no shit from anybody? Chris Childs, man. Chris Childs. I remember Chris Childs only because of him punching Kobe Bryant I like, yeah. a few times. I remember that like it was I like, yesterday. I like Chris Childs. Yeah. Um, and I like Nate Robinson, too, actually. Um, Am I the only person? All right, maybe I'm just showing. I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm a 90s baby. So, like, my favorite point guard, and, you know, I might get a lot of flack from a lot of my other Knicks fans, but Stephon Marbury was one of my favorite point guards. Not, not as a Nick. Not as a I Nick. I mean, yeah, I guess he, not as a Nick, good. but I feel like he just... You know, him coming back home in that time, I was like, again, I was in high school, and he brought us back to the playoffs. I feel like we, we you know, we made a playoff run when he came back, even though we got swept by the Nets and Jason Kidd. I felt like he represented what the city was about. He had, you know, the grit, the toughness. All right, so you go Dr. Crash, mm-hmm. Oakley, mm-hmm. Mace, mm-hmm. Spree at the two, Chris Childs, and then first two men off the bench, Ewing and Kiki Vandeweghe. No easy buckets. Oh, I like that oh, team. and X-Man, and X-Man, Xavier McDaniel. That's the reason. That is the reason that they got rid of X-Man after 93. That is the reason they did not beat the Rockets in 94. Take that one to the grave. <laughs> no, you you, you for, totally forgot about Allen Houston. I was thinking that, too. Like, Allen Houston? You don't like Allen Houston? I would take him off the bench at least. Not, not, no, not an Allen Houston fan. Oh, my gosh. His contract was the demise of the Knicks. Oh, no, I agree with that. But that's not his fault. He took the money. You wouldn't take the money, you're saying? You wouldn't take the money. No, because I I like the Knicks too much. I know I was sabotaging the franchise. That's a, that that's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> that's an absolutely ridiculous statement. The guy was good. I think he was soft. He was definitely soft. He was definitely overpaid. But he's got to be the best two guard in in New York. Well, of, again, nineteen eighty five plus. There's no one. I mean, who else do you want? I mean, I would probably take you know R J Barrett next two or three years. Gerald He'll be right. There. I want to get to I want to get to R J in a second. I wanted Gerald to. You, know, you said Gerald Wink. Okay. I wanted to get to RJ. Speaking of, uh, you know, we obviously have a lot of rich, rich history. So what do you guys think of the team now? Obviously, we've come a long, long way in the last 20 years. You know, since, what, 2012, 2013, we finally have a competent, you know, front office, a competent, you know, coaching staff. The most eligible bachelor in New York, Tom Thibodeau. Absolutely. So so talk to me, guys. Like, how are you feeling right now that the Knicks are, quote-unquote, back? I mean, the Knicks aren't, in my opinion, the Knicks are not winning a championship as they are right now. Okay. They're 
player too short, whatever the case is. However, how long has it been since we have had relevant basketball? You know, beat a dead horse here. Of course, everyone knows that. I like the team. I like that they play hard. I love the team last year. You know, the team last year was not that talented, and they ended up getting a four seed in the playoff, really because Tibbs had those guys playing like it was game seven of the finals in every regular season game. When we all know in the NBA, those guys, you know, just hang them up half the nights they go out there. So from that from that perspective and the way that the team is being built right now, I, lo- I love it. And, you know, Tibbs is – he's the architect, man. I know he's not the one building the team, but he's building the character within the team. Absolutely. Um, I think I think what it stems from is culture. You know, I feel like that, that word is thrown around a lot. Um, and I think we finally are getting a taste of what culture is like uh, with, with a guy like Tom Thibodeau. I feel like we should have gotten this guy – Years ago, I don't know what took us so long. He should have never went to Minnesota. We should Dolan. That's what happened. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, and I again, I don't know Dolan personally, but I know he's taken a lot of you know heat in in the last few years. But I think that we, even as much as we give him heat, we also need to you know kind of give him some credit for bringing in a guy like Leon Rose, right? Because I feel like that was a very underrated hiring. No, I don't give him credit at all. Really? How many years in a row did this guy screw up? Oh, wow. He's the worst owner in all of, of professional sports. The guy's a hack. All right? So maybe after his 25th time of screwing up, he says, you know what? Maybe it's like that Seinfeld episode, Bizarro World. Let's go opposite day. Let's actually give it to someone else. I, I, get, I, wanna, I really want option A. I'm just going to be crafty. I'm going to go option B. He finally got something right. I don't even think he got it right himself. I think probably someone else made that decision. So do you so, no, think it's I only a matter of time? Credit. Do you think it's only a matter of time before he blows this up? And we're li- we're looking at him like, what the fuck? I, I can see that. I see if they lose, you know, something happens, some type of adversity in the in the program, and he he says something stupid, or he pisses someone off, or I mean, he's got one of the all time. He got in a fight with one of the all time Knicks, yeah. as Mike said, a top five. He's my favorite player of all time, Charles Oakley. Guy left it all on the floor. So do you think there's anything that James Dolan can do that can pull you away from the team? No, uh, he's tried. He's tried. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's screwed sure. everything up so far. I'm, I'm like a glutton for punishment. It's, it's, it's painful. But, I mean, how many times? This guy gets booed. He's the owner of the Knicks. All right, the, when, the, when the Knicks are good, the garden's rocking. When the Knicks are 10 and, and 70 and they're playing their last home game and it's a one-point game, the garden's rocking. This guy screws up everything he touches. Gary, I mean, I I would get vulgar with this, but the bottom line is this: I mean, we went through probably one of the worst stretches of a basketball franchise. Not to mention the fact it's New York City, the guard, and everything like that. However, the second the Knicks start to to resemble a professional basketball team, I mean, dude, they're like a bad case of herpes. You just, you just <laughs> keep coming back. You keep coming back. You're always going to come back. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't relate to that, but I think I, I think I can imagine what I, you I, mean. I, I, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, but so, like you were saying, R.J. Barrett. That's our first uh, top three pick since Patrick Ewing, right? Um, so far, I think he's lived up to the hype. You know, he didn't make all rookie team. He got he. You know, he averaged 18 points on a playoff team last year. And even coming into the season, you know, every top 25 under 25 list, he's he's missed all of these. You know these lists. He's still being, you know, kind of left off all of these, you know, all of these different accolades he's missing out on, and people are still sleeping on him. What do you think of him, and do you think he has potential to be our savior? I wouldn't say our savior. 
I don't think he's gonna ever gonna be the number one guy, but he could be a great number two guy. I mean, listen, I was pissed that I, I wanted John Morant. I still would love to have John Morant, but you got a high character guy. You got a guy that says all the right things. You got a guy that works so hard. And we have to remember, he's 21 years old. Yes, he's not 25. He's not 30. He's 21 years old, and he's playing in. At, at MSG, New York City, the Mecca, and the guy hasn't screwed up. He hasn't said the wrong thing. He does everything right, and he's just getting better and better and better. You know what? Right now, are you happy we didn't get Zion? I'm. I'm it's, it's funny you say that. I am actually happy that we didn't get Zion. And as much as I love Ja, I think RJ is our savior. <laughs> we, we, I, I'm, so one thing, I'm looking at the that draft class, uh-huh. right? So obviously everyone knows the first three picks because they yeah. kind of knew what it was going to be before it even happened. Go after that. Go four, five, six, whatever. All the way down the first, the entire first round. There's no one, no one that you would take over R.J. Barrett. Absolutely not. No. Like, I mean, talk about like notable names right now. You got Tyler, Tyler Harrow, Hero, whatever his yeah, he's name good. is. He's, he's actually, good. yeah, he's, he's actually good. stepped no, up a lot this good. season for sure. But, like, half these guys, you know, you know, DeAndre Hunter was picked fourth, right? Darius Garland, Jarrett Culver, Kobe White, Jackson Hayes, this guy's name, I can't even say it, Rui Hachimura, Hachimura yeah. Cam Reddish, you know, like, so no one no one that holds a candle to to uh, Barrett, not even, not even close. I think that uh, you, you mentioned Ja, and I think that, again, he's an all-star talent. I think all three of these guys, as much as, you know, Zion can't stay on the court, you know, he can't keep his weight down, I think that when he, when he managed to get on the court, he... He still will be a problem, but I've called it since the jump. I think that R.J. Barrett is the best player to come out of this draft. And I think this, you know, it's funny. I make the comparison between Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant in the 96 draft and R.J. and Ja now. You see, I think that Allen Iverson coming out, he came out hot. You know, he was he was the, the guy that everyone was talking about. Kobe wasn't necessarily getting as much attention. But Kobe, you know, eventually, you know, worked on his game, continued getting better and continued getting better. And then you pair him up with a, a Shaq and then you win the championships, right? And then he becomes who we know today. I think that RJ has the the mentality. He has the work ethic. He has the skill. You know, he came in the league. They said he couldn't shoot. He shot 40% from the three last year. They said he couldn't shoot at the dribble. He came into this season and he's doing his thing, as you can see in the first six games that we or seven games that we've played. So and like you said, he's only 21 years old, and I believe that the Knicks, if they're smart, are going to give him that extension. You know, if I, if yesterday, if if they're smart, so I think that by the time we do see a RJ at 25, I think that John Morant, he's not going to get as as much better than he's gotten right now. Like I right think right now he's averaging like 28 points. I think that's going to be his peak. Like, I, I I I could see RJ having a, a higher ceiling than Ja. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't know about Moran, obviously we all see the highlights of like the alley oops he catches, his athleticism, his speed and everything like that. I don't know. I don't know how good of a shooter he is. Um if his shooting right now is is average, then obviously, you know, his ceiling right there is like gonna be like Jordan when he first came into the league. It was just all athleticism but couldn't really hit a three. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's, you know Jordan becomes you know, people knock him. He didn't play defense. Then becomes you know exactly you know all league uh, first team defensive player, and starts bombing threes yep. with that fadeaway and whatever. So, but you also have to think you have John Morant playing down in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Would he be able to handle New York like R.J. Barrett can handle New York? Just it, lets it roll off him. He just does his thing day in day out. I don't know. And I think if Zion was in New York right now and he's you know dealing overweight, with what he's dealing with right now, hurt. Yeah. 
they would be crucifying him Absolutely. on the radio right now, and I don't think he could handle it either. So Absolutely. maybe everyone's in the right spot. Yep, and that's and again, that's why I think that we ended up with the number one pick in this draft. Even though we got number three, I think New York ended up with the number one pick because we got the person that was supposed to be in New York. And I think he's going to be the one, even if we don't win a championship in the next two, three years, in the 20s, in this decade, I'm calling, I truly believe that this is our decade. Like, our drought is going to end within the next four four years, I would say. No more than that. All right, so before, when you were going, though, Derek Harper, mm-hmm. all right, let's talk. Knicks announcers, right? Mm-hmm. So, would you take Mike Bream, Mike Bream no. over yes. Marv Albert? Uh, absolutely Ooh, not. Absolutely that's not. Tough. <laughs> yes, and it counts. Or bang. Well, so that's a question. So, do you think Bream, after like calls a sick game, whatever, you know, maybe goes out for a couple uh, scotches afterwards, he gets home. He's definitely th- drinking scotches too. He's not like yeah. drinking a beer. He's drinking like like old like like two hundred dollar bottle of scotch. But do you think like yeah, you know, all right, so so you know he wants to, you know, fornicate with his wife a little bit. Do you think he like starts to like, you know, kiss her a little bit nice, whatever, or he just stands at the foot of the bed and goes, Bang! Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think the latter. I think the yeah, latter yeah. for sure. He's if definitely we screaming bang. If we do not. It's I, time to bang. For bang. Sure. <laughs> Especially um, right when once he's about the climax, he has to sit at least one time. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best. The, the, he was doing the double bangs in the uh, um, during the playoffs of the pandemic. I can't remember. I think it was the Luka Doncic one that he hit that ridiculous uh-huh. three to win. Like that step back, like thirty-five footer. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was watching the highlights, and, and they're like, "We got the Breen double bang, bang, <laughs> bang!" Oh man! But, I mean, how, think about it. You got Marv Albert, and Mike Breen, both who called Knicks games. Mm-hmm. Mike Breen still does. Marv just retired, but they were the Nick announcers, and they're really the best two in the history of the game. That's yeah. amazing. That that I think that is an underappreciated. Um, to be honest, I I obviously appreciate Marv Albert, but I. I think Breen's voice is kind of just like embedded in my like head. So the bang, I literally anytime there's a big play, Carmelo Anthony in the garden. That was probably like, I guess the highlight of my Knicks, you know, fandom. I just remember hearing those bangs against Chicago and you know legendary moments that I can't take away. So I think I would have to. Go you know with who was a great Nick radio announcer? A short period of time, the guy tends to like burn bridges wherever he goes. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Yeah. Um, oh, who? Uh, Bill Raftery was the announcer for the Nets. Yeah. And he, he was great. He was um, – that was like that Nick team that had uh, uh, Draz and Petrovich. Nets team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nets team. Sorry. Petrovich. Um, uh, came, um, no, DC. Jason Williams. Jason Williams. Uh, Kenny Anderson. Um, and he was uh, he was great. Like Ar- and Armin Gilliam. Yeah. The hammer! Like, <laughs> you guys are schooling me right now. I don't. I don't yeah. even know any of these guys. So, so I mean, obviously, I can ask about Walt Frazier. What do you guys think of him as a, as an announcer? Is he is I he mean, terrible? No, I mean, he's just he's. I mean, listen, he's a he's a unique specimen. So he's an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he is he is what he is. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, He's he's all right. I, mean, oh, yeah. I, I like, get I get it. Yeah, you know, what, what he's wearing. He's not making your top five. Mike Breen carries him. Put it that way. At I this could, point yeah. in his career, okay, Mike sure. Breen carries him. And if it wasn't Mike Breen with Clyde, you'd like get this guy off the radio. Yeah, a lot of times when Mike Breen is not not uh you know co-announcing with him, and it's somebody else, you know, it's usually not as entertaining. I could say that much for sure. 
But if you, if you get, uh, like, Walt Clyde, you feel like he was a guy. He, like, studied the dictionary and found out all of these weird words <laughs> that, like, you know, you know, he just, like, throws them in there. It's like, all right, dude, no one watching knows what that word means. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand. Like when he started rhyming, he kind of just like made that his thing, you know, gliding in profile. Like uh, <laughs> penetrate. That was masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like you said, he's unique, and we're gonna remember him as Knicks fans. Like you know, when he finally decides to hang it up, we're gonna still appreciate the fact that we had somebody like that. All his different, unique, you know, suits and he's things in his like late that. Seventies, like eighty years old, and still doing it. Yeah, man. I mean. It's, I think it's time. I think eventually they need they need to move on. But who would it be? Be sure that guy can still get his when he goes out too. Yeah, dude. I'll jump, put it down ten and ten and eight every night. No, no question. You think Clyde can still get, get buckets? You don't think he could? I was talking about getting night at home. <laughs> oh, I was on the court, bro. Get on the hard, get Probably on the both. I, th- I think more at home than on the court right now, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think so. I want to get into a little basketball, a little personal basketball, you guys. I know you guys have been, you know, playing ball. You guys are. Who, like the hope, I mean, the I guess the quote or the saying for the podcast is hoop dreams don't die. You know, you start playing basketball at a young age, and I'm pretty sure at some point you thought you were going to the NBA or had dreams of going to the NBA. Maybe when did you realize that it probably wasn't going to happen for you? <laughs> All right, so I have an older brother who's uh, six foot seven, right? Okay, and I topped out at, at six one, done growing, but okay. at the time when I was in like ninth grade, I was like convinced. That I was gonna be like six four, six five. Yeah. Not as tall as him, but there. And I, I never was like I'm not I, I was never like I'm going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, maybe I could play like overseas or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then uh once I stopped growing after ninth grade and like I was one of the better basketball players in my grade and then you know, I continued, but by the time I was like my senior year, I was like the yeah, we, had a, we had a very good high school basketball team, but I was like the you know fourth scoring option yeah, on the yeah, team. Yeah. You know, so at that point I was like, oh uh, yeah, it's not happening right, for me. <laughs> if you want to stay in the game, maybe focus on coaching. <laughs> I'd probably say about the same. Mac is out at uh, just a tad over six foot, maybe even a tad under. These yeah. days, I don't even know, but uh, I, I think you get to ninth grade and you're, you're you're not the big fish in a small pond anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know what? I think I'll just I'll just try my hardest. That's it. That's yeah. It. For sure, I was one of those guys too. I think I had my my highs like maybe my senior year or junior year in high school. I got to college and yeah, that was it for me. Like once I graduated, I realized like well, not once I graduated, I realized in high school I wasn't going to the NBA for sure. But in college, you know, I still like you said maybe overseas at some point. You were getting schooled by Cortland's all-time leading scorer. All right, all right, yeah, I was actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was. Uh, Shout out to you know the Cortland Red Dragons, you know. Jesse Winters and and those guys they were up there when I was going to school up there and they were pretty good man and I think we were pretty close not nah, I don't know if we were actually going to win a championship that year um, but we were pretty solid so shout out to those guys I always regret not you know trying out for the team or anything like that but again I once I realized that I wasn't going to the NBA in high school I kind of just like was like whatever about no, it I talked to Jesse he said you would, you'd never would have made it anyway yeah probably wouldn't whatever who cares now but, I, but what about <laughs> I, speaking of I'm ha- I'm happy you said that because you know we do have challenges I hear you guys play basketball and I'm still waiting for us to get on the court and see what's gonna happen like are we gonna play one on ones are we gonna play like you know some kings or king of the court or anything like that listen I'm 41 years old <laughs> I am not playing one v one. All right, there's just no, there's just no way. All right. Um, so, 
I was uh, listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy from Boston, name name uh, is not coming off the top of my head right now. And he said he's like one of his favorite things to do is he like goes down to the park and he shoots around. So you know he's probably in his thirties or whatever. And he's shooting around, and there's a guy on the other on the other hoop, like full court, whatever. There's two guys there, one guy shooting on one, one guy shooting on the other. And this guy comes down and asks him if he wants to play one on one. It's like two grown men, and he's like, whatever. But he's watching him shoot. And you ever seen the movie Along Came Polly? I've heard of it. I've never seen it, though. All right, so there's a character in it. His name is Sandy Lyle. When they play basketball, he's got the ugliest jump shot you'll ever see. Just like brick, brick, probably like backboard, mine. whatever. He goes, this guy's jump shot looked like this. I mean, I could have sat there, not played any defense, and there's no way he's making a shot. He wanted to play me one-on-one. He's like, his jump shot was so terrible, I want him to be on the podcast and explain to me, like, what the <laughs> hell he's thinking. Like... That's funny. So yeah, so would you say your jump shot is is money, money in the bank? No, 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 no. I was uh, streaky. streaky, so I was like usually one way or the other, where I could either absolutely just like bomb, like pick the bugs past me, like barely even look at the hoop, boom, knew it was going in. Yeah, or just couldn't hit the uh, you know the ocean if I was out in a boat. Like okay, and and jackpot. And how, how about you? <laughs> um. My game was, again, over 40 years old, three kids, we're not playing one-on-one. Gotcha, However, gotcha. my game was three-point line to three-point line, and uh, when, when I was playing a lot, get me off a screen or let me dribble off a screen, uh, I'll, I like my chances pretty JJ much. Uh, okay. I, I like them a lot. Gotcha. Well, so well, we, we were playing the adult leagues in our early 30s. Oh, you gotta do the, uh, and, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> so well, that, that's a little... Uh, so anyway, we were uh, in our early 30s playing adult leagues, and um, you know we were playing against you know guys your age, maybe a little younger, whatever. I could still move a little bit, and I knew jackpot. Um, you get you drive into the lane, get this guy a look, an open look, and it was basically like a layup. Yeah. Like if he had a good look, it was like I would say 80 percent chance that thing okay. was going in. That's solid. So. He knew it, too. I knew it. So, because, you know, we spent so much time together, like, at work and everything like that. It's like, all right, get try to get in the lane, like, go real hard, draw the double, boom, kick, bang. Yeah. Mike Breen, bang. Bang. <laughs> I swear, now I'm never going to listen to Mike Breen bang the same again. Every time I watch Knicks games. mind's going to wander. Yeah. I'm For like, sure. I'm like, Googling what his wife looks like now. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know at this point. Okay, so... Um, so thank you guys. You know, obviously we had a lot of questions that we could have ran through, but we'd be here all night uh, just rambling on and talking. But I appreciate you guys, you know, coming on the show. You guys obviously have so much Nick's insight. Hopefully I can get you guys back on again and you can, you know, we can chop it up and just, you know, shoot the shits up again. Um, This has been great. Do you guys have anything you guys want to say to the listeners? Nah, I mean, this Nick's team, good group of guys. They really like each other. They play hard. Best coach around. I think they got they got to d up. What, what, do you, what do you guys stop think? Stop taking bad threes and d up. That's what made you better last year. Yeah. What do you guys think the the record at the end of the season is going to be? What are you guys calling over or under forty two? Oh, um, over. I think the, I I would, I would set the over under at about forty seven. Yeah. Forty seven. Forty seven and a half, and I will take the under forty six to forty seven wins. Okay. I, yeah, I'm right around the same spot. Forty six to forty eight. I also, if we could set up uh, polling, 
for uh-huh. the listeners, I would say best Van Gundy, Stan or Jeff. Um, bet who like who would you take as your as your shooting guard? Like Starks versus um, Houston. Uh, you know, I'm taking Houston, but uh, we we could we could definitely set some polls up and make that happen. You know, and figure out who the best who the best Knicks are at each position. Is Melo in that category at all? Absolutely. We yeah, cannot yeah, leave yeah, Melo yeah, off yeah, that, yeah. Com- yeah, that conversation. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up watching Bernard King or, you know, Willis Reed or any of those guys, but I'm sure somebody would probably want, to, you know, to mention those guys in the in the conversation. But um, anyway, you guys have anything else to say before I wrap it up? Well, Larson, you're the man. Thanks for having us, and keep it up, brother. Let's go. Let's go next. Thank you, guys. All right, have a good night.